Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to the Super Awesome Mix podcast. My name is Matt Sidholm, alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abusalvi. Samer, how we doing this week? Doing real well. So excited for this special episode because uh, we're recording nighttime. Actually, we normally record in the mornings, but we've got a very good reason why we're recording tonight. Yes, very good reason. We're actually setting a record that may never be broken. This is probably the podcast guest. They're definitely the, the furthest away from us, right? Yes. All the way in, I believe, Sydney, Australia. Tyler Jenke joining us all the way from Australia. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really so Tyler, you work for uh, you work for Rolling Stone Australia, is that right? That, that's true. Yeah, I'm. Although I should say I'm actually in Melbourne, Australia. But um, but to be but to be fair, everyone I work with in, is in Sydney, so everyone makes that makes that mistake as well. <laughs> it's too easy. <laughs> but yeah, no. But yeah, I've I've been uh, I've been the editor of Rolling Stone Australia for the last couple of years since we bought it back to since we bought it back to Australia, and it's um yeah it's been it's been pretty exciting to be a uh, you know in at, I guess at the top of a really cool music publication that's been around for so long. That is really awesome. Yeah, I um I got really excited. So we connected with Tyler on Instagram actually, um and his Instagram is just full of these really really amazing mixtapes. Actually, Tyler, I would love if you just want to tell like a quick story about um about uh yeah your your mixtape collection i, I remember yeah. actually reading about uh, an article that you had written about it and i loved it so if you just want to tell our readers about that that'd be super yeah, cool sure so like so first of all i should say my love of mixtapes is you know something i could trace back to my earliest years like i used to i, I remember listening to mixtapes or cassettes a lot in the car with my parents while we'd be driving around and that sort of you know started my love of music um but then, you know, as I got sort of older, I started making like mixes with my parents and, you know, just like sharing CDs with people. And then that kept going. And um, then, you know, we're in the iTunes age and, uh, and things sort of, you know, it, it's all digital rather than physical anymore. I'm making playlists for people. Um, but, uh, but the way I really got into mixtapes is I think similar to way, sort of similar to, the, to your own experience to a degree, Matt, because I, I, became, um, I became pen pals with an American girl called Brittany in about 2010. She was from Oklahoma. I was from Adelaide in South Australia. And we love talking about uh, the music from our home countries. So eventually we start sending each other music. And in 2014, she visited me in Adelaide. I gifted her a whole bunch of mix CDs. The idea is that I made her a whole bunch of compilations to give her an idea of the Australian music that I love. And mm-hmm. my knowledge of Australian music was massive. So I filled these CDs like a full 80 minutes because I believe that, you know, less is more <laughs> is not a thing. And yeah. um, most of them are like a regu- regular collection of tunes, some of them with a theme. I gave her about 60 mixes all up and she devoured every one of them. And I visited the States in 2015. I bought a whole bunch more with me. It was the definition of overkill, but it was the perfect representation (laughs) of who we are and our love of music. Um, But then a few years later, we moved to Melbourne in Australia and we'd gotten married and I'd entered the world of music journalism. And I decided that, you know, these mix CDs weren't personal enough. So I decided to reissue them. 
And so I started, um, you know, making them how I would, would have if I had the chance to make them with analog equipment. So I, you know, stock up on tapes and I dubbed them all onto tape and I create individual artwork for every single one. Like it was pretty wild, but, you know, and I was doing this between my regular job and while she's out of the house. So, you know, so I wouldn't be seen. I could do it as a surprise for her. So it took me like, I think 120 hours all up. Wow. And yeah, I did it so I could gift it to her for her birthday in 2018. And you know, if you ever speak to her, she'll say that it's the best gift she's ever received. And I have no way of topping it. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe vinyl is next. I don't know. But that'll be very expensive. <laughs> yes, yeah. creating your own vinyl records. That would be a feat, I think. Yes. Yeah, it would, it would definitely be a little bit difficult. But, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure the idea of giving all these like mixtapes to begin with, that was pretty like unexpected. So who knows? I, I might have a lot of surprises <laughs> up my sleeve. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, knowing that story now, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, well, let's dive into the mix. Um, I, I loved your explanation uh, when you sent it to us. So we normally ask our guests to kind of tell us a little bit about it. Um, and I decided I, I would name it for you, like your 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 life in 12 songs. I really liked that um, <laughs> that description. But if you want to introduce us um, to these 12 songs, like overall, yeah, sure. this mixtape. So like when I was first, when I first had the, like, I guess the, the prompt put to me, I have to, well, I have to say the idea of picking 12 songs is the epitome of cruel and unusual punishment for music nerds. <laughs> you know, uh, right. picking these songs and culling them is like Sophie's choice. You know, you, you want to include one and you can't do it unless you get rid of the other one. And it's, it feels right. so mean, but um, like originally I was thinking, Hey, you know, I'm on, I'm on a podcast like this. I'd love to do like, you know, 12 great Australian songs. And then I, but then I had loads of names coming to mind and I'm just thinking like, it could be too esoteric. So I thought, you know, a way of focusing on mixes I made for my wife and then I'm like well that would just be Oklahoma and South Australian music and it'd be nothing but <laughs> the flaming lips and, and our good friends bad dreams <laughs> so I figured you know what I'm just going to do like my desert island mix or like 12 songs that I think would you know really sort of define who I am as a as a music fan that's I great guess. so yeah cool well um so let's get into it track one you have um the song called belt by say anything yeah so this song is like I think Say Anything is one of those pop punk bands that are really heavily underrated because most folks only sort of focus on one or two songs that aren't really representative of their style. So this song is actually the opener to their 2004 album Is a Real Boy and I would have loved to have picked the song Alive with the Glory of Love. It's such a gorgeous song. Um but I also feel that when it comes to making a mix, a good intro song is really vital to its success. Yes. And the intro to this song is it's, it's almost perfect because it not only opens the album, but it sort of sort of eases you into it with like this is pre-recorded part with um, frontman Max Bemis talking to his father in the car. And they're just sort of like, oh, you know, like, he, like how, how does the album start? And he's like, oh, it starts, you know, the, the record begins with a song of rebellion. And then he says it and it really perfectly kicks off the album. And I feel it kicks off the, the mix really well as well. You know, it's short, it's simple, representative of what's to come. And it just feels so good. Plus, you know, the song's great too. So. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I love that as an opener track. Actually, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump to one of my closing comments, which was that I, I really felt that this mix was just, it just flowed so well. Like, it was so fun to listen to it start to finish. And and I agree, like, setting that opening track, like, you, you got to capture people's attention. And I was immediately hooked from, from just hearing that opening. Um, yeah. And I really like, so I hadn't heard um, Say Anything. And instantly, it actually reminded me of Brand New. Um, yeah. And I loved Brand New. So it was really cool to, like, be introduced to a band where I, now I get to go and inhale their disc- discography. So totally. it was a great opening track. 
Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, that song Alive with the Glory of Love is one that it was like, I would have loved to put that one on there because that one sort of, it means so much more emotionally to me. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I just thought, I need a really good opener. What can I pick? It's got to be this one. So again, that's where Sophie's Choice came into it. I had to, you know, <laughs> I had to, had to cut quality for the sake of, you know, perfection but that's probably me talking myself up too much (laughs) (laughs) well and i love the fact that there was an audio recording at the beginning of this because you can do that in the super awesome mix app and people can add their own voice to the beginning of a mix so i was like this is perfect i would love to say that i'd love to say that was the reason i picked it but um, that's just a really nice (laughs) (laughs) i i'm gonna take it as an homage to our uh to our uh, to our software um well, it's a great start. Second song. This was funny because Web and Front, Archers of Loaf. And I'm listening to the song and I'm like, this sounds kind of familiar. And I dug into it and it was from the soundtrack of Mallrats. And yes. I was like, oh, that's how I know it. That's how I know this song. So great yeah. second song. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Well, I think yeah, most people would either know this from either Mallrats or I think it was in Beavers and Butthead at one point. And I, I can't That's remember, right. yes, I I think can't remember if it was like like positively received or if they just said this sucks. <laughs> but um, you know, if they're asking me, I would have given it a great response. Um, but this is a song like um, if you ever listen to um, Archers of Loaf, like everything that the frontman Eric Buckman does is so varied. Like in Archers of Loaf, he's like this real sort of indie noise rock sort of sound. Then he he's in Crooked Fingers. And again, another really great band. He's done solo stuff and everything he does sounds so different. And this song is just one that's really resonated with me. And I remember hearing something about this song years ago. I don't know if it's true or not, but in Australia, we have a show called Rage. And it's basically a show in which they show music um, videos every Friday night, Saturday morning. Starts about 11 Mm -hmm. p.m. to midnight, runs for like 12 hours. It's it's been around since like 87. I think it's the oldest, um, or currently the oldest running music program still going. So it's been around for quite a while. But I remember hearing once that there was... um, Something along the lines of in the evenings, then when there was like dead air or something, or if they had a, if they were doing, going through the charts or something, and there was a song that didn't have a video to fill in the time, sorry, <clears throat> to fill in the time, they would just unplay uh, um, Web in Front instead. So I feel like a lot of people <laughs> heard this song, um, like they might have been expecting the new song from like, you know, Peter Andre or something back in like 95, and they're just like, oh. Okay, here's a bit of a different sound, but I really dig this song. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's sort of how I came across this song. Like, I, I heard it unexpectedly, but it just stuck with me. And, yeah, I've loved it ever since. It's it's such a such a short song as well, but it's so powerful, I feel. It's really good. And it's funny, I, I did this with almost every single track, too. But I um, I clicked into the rest of their music and started listening to a bunch of other ones. Like, yeah. I got really hooked, at, you know, in a little bit of time that I started to dig into them. Uh, White Trash Heroes is another song yes. I would say from them. It's just so good. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Great, great second track. Thank you. Um, on, so moving on to track three, this is another one. So it's Monument by Jebediah. And this is a song where I think we, you know, we can all have this experience sometimes, but it was like the first 10 seconds of the song. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to love this song because they're just like, they get into this like beautiful sound and I'm, I'm just like, I don't know. It's just, it's Samur bait. Like I'm just so attracted to, <laughs> to those first opening notes. Um, so yeah, tell us, tell us about Monument. Yeah. So Jeopardy are one of my favorite Australian bands. Um, they're one of the, I think they're one of the earliest sort of Australian bands I really remember listening to back in like in the nineties. In and originally I wanted to include their debut single Jerks of Attention. But funnily enough though, it not only name checks Archers of Loaf, but basically it's, it's basically a carbon copy musically of Web in Front. So I figured that I couldn't really repeat myself. So also figuring that 
every good mix needs a good B-side or a rarity. Um, this song is actually the B-side to their debut, oh, not their debut single, their second single, uh, Leaving Home. And I think it's such a beautiful song. It's so cathartic and bitter, but ultimately it's so sweet and hopeful in a way. Mm-hmm. I once heard the band um, Gyroscope, another Australian band, play a cover of this song. And hearing that version, absolutely, and I'm not making it up, it changed my life. Just hearing that song was so so beautiful it was an acoustic version and i highly recommend going to youtube and checking it out it's not on you know spotify or apple music sadly but it's a gorgeous song and this is one that you know especially hearing it um you know as as a teenager and having that sort of like real teenage angst and again the catharsis and and bitterness of you know just that chorus of you know you're supposed to be the one i want it's just so Mm -hmm. you know it's so powerful and just sort of like i guess it speaks to you know the, the teenage angst that will forever live inside me, despite the fact I'm no longer a teenager. But <laughs> I was going to say, I, I never left the teenage angst part. Just exactly. <laughs> full of it, angst all the time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's where some of the best music lies, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, okay. Track four. This is Suddenly Cool by The Methadones. And yeah. this song was kind of hard to find. I couldn't find it on Apple Music. But once yeah. I found it, I'm really glad I did. The, the line in there, when did you become suddenly cool? I saw you last year and you were such a tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's honestly something I feel like a lot of people could like, even like, like relate to me even because they'd be like, Hey, I remember you in high school. You were like a heck of a nerd and you're now like in charge of Rolling Stone Australia. When did you become suddenly cool? But that's probably, you know, talking myself up too much again. <laughs> but um, yeah, actually it's, actually, it's actually funny that you say it was hard to find because when I was making this, I was making it through, um, making this playlist, putting it through Spotify and I was thinking, wait a minute, they've taken off Suddenly Cool. It was there like last month. Um, so I don't know what's going on there. But um, yeah, this to me is one of the greatest uh, sort of punk songs I've heard. It's um, it's by The Methadones, which is um, was fronted by Dan Vapid, who had been in bands like um, Screeching, we- Screeching, yeah, Screeching Weasel and The Riverdales. And I heard this by accident, actually, after a record label sent me a free download code of their album, Not Economically Viable. Um, I fell in love with the album and it's just one of these songs that feels so different to any other punk song out there. You know, it's, it's wordy, it's nostalgic and it's got a great narrative mm-hmm. arc as well. You know, I can't describe it, but I mean, I always got sold on this because of Dan's amazing vocals. I mean, if I ever get the chance, I basically want to start a band that is like a Dan Vapid tribute band. Like he is such <laughs> a great writer and performer. It's, um, yeah, this, this song is just one that I absolutely love. It's as, like, as you said, just that line, you know, when did you become suddenly cool? I think a lot of people can relate to that sort of just that yeah. idea of like evolution in who they are just in the space of a year, you know? Yeah. No, it's, very, it's, it's very relatable. And I hadn't heard the methadones before, but then when I looked it up and saw that they were a punk band, but you're right, this doesn't sound like conventional punk music. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's very much a departure from what you would think of as punk music, but it's a great song. Totally. But, but I mean, they, they do also still have that sort of real punk energy because there's another song that they did, which I recommend to anyone called um, Gary Glitter. And I mean, apart from the subject matter, um, because Gary Glitter is <laughs> a terrible human, but that's exactly what the song is. Like the, 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 the chorus line itself, I'm going to clean it up here, but the chorus line is, what the heck is wrong with Gary Glitter? <laughs> and that's, that's the song. It's an amazing song. I, I highly recommend that one as well. And, and I'm glad somebody asked that question finally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right, so keeping in the in the punk genre, yeah. uh, we got track five, "God Save the King" hit by Private Function. Yeah, um, and I just got to say, it was funny. So this song begins with with like a heartbeat monitor, and yes. I, I just had the thought, like, I bet we could make a, a full mixtape of just songs that begin with a heartbeat monitor. It's just it's like such a common. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I feel like you could find it in almost every genre, but it definitely like you hear it a lot in like rock and punk. So so yeah, yeah tell us about "God Save the King" hit. 
Well, I, I can speak for hours on private function. As we speak, I'm wearing their, um, one of their shirts. But um, this could be a controversial statement given my job, but I feel that they are one of the best bands in Australia. Um, they're ultimately a group of you know, fun-loving musicians who make this amazing high-energy punk while simultaneously sort of undermining the seriousness of the music scene. Um, I originally wanted to choose the song Talking to Myself, which I highly recommend um, checking out for both the song and its video. Um, but this here, is, uh, this, this here is a song from their debut album, which was called uh, Saint Anger. <laughs> um, and it was, you know, ripping off the Metallica album of the same mm -hmm. name. Um, it was released by the great Ben at Disdain Records in 2019. And I think it's one of my favorite albums of the last decade. But this song in particular, I think it was written in about five minutes. And it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek response to this cultural shift that went on in Australia a few years ago. Now, this is a, it's a bit sort of almost political to get into. But so in America, you've got the concept of like a, um, of a sucker punch. So, you know, hitting someone when their back is turned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in Australia, yeah. it was called a king hit for a long time. And there was a huge spate of these attacks. And places like Sydney, in, um, they bought in these lockout laws, basically saying, look, we don't want anyone else to get hurt. Let's, you know, let's make it that people can't drink past 11 p.m. And like venues and bars and everything, they just like, they suffered. But to sort of take away the power and stop glorifying it, there was this weird unconscious decision by newspapers to, to rename it as a coward punch. As the song sort of mm -hmm. says, you know, you agree with the sentiment, but the name they chose just did not stick. So it's like a tongue-in-cheek response. And you know, as it goes on, it makes references to things like, you know, I was charged with unlawful assault causing death. And lines like, when he turns his back, then you attack. You know, it's, just, it's a satirical take on a serious topic. And I always feel a good mix needs a bit of a tongue-in-cheek moment that sort of, you know, undermines, I guess, I, I don't want to say like undermines authority, but you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Wow. Sorry that was such really a long response. But as I said, I, I could talk for hours <laughs> on Private Function. They're an amazing band. <laughs> No, that's great, and I didn't. I didn't know anything about the King hit. I don't think I did my enough research, maybe on that song. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I mean, honestly, there really isn't too much to learn about. I, I'm pretty okay. sure. I, I'm pretty sure I gave you the, the world's worst <laughs> explanation right there, but um, that's all you need, I think. Perfect. Um, okay, we're hitting the halfway point here. The yes. mix. Uh, this one is called "Shitty Future." <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> it's by the Bronx. This is this sounded really punk, but also reminded me of the Foo Fighters. Just kind of I their sound. It. it was yeah. it was faster, but I, I think uh, that's the, I got a real Foo Fighters feel from it. Yeah, I can definitely sort of see that, especially like especially thinking where Dave Grohl's roots sort of lie in bands like Scream. I think from um, when he's back in DC. But um, yeah, like well, speaking of Private Function, the first time I got to see the Bronx, Private Function supported them, and it was such an amazing show and a massive highlight to hear this song live because the Bronx is such a great band and it's a perfect example of what they do. And it really makes me wish I had a, a voice like their frontman, also called Matt. You know, the song is so furious, so intense, and just again so cathartic. I, I remember hearing it on a compilation uh, probably about thirteen years ago or something. And it was so brilliant. I had to keep going back and replaying it. You know, a few, a few years ago, I actually had a blog where I counted down my thousand favorite songs, one a day for a thousand days. And this song was all the way up at number two. Like, and honestly, wow. I wish wow. I could have put it higher because it's, it's, <laughs> it's just one of those songs where it, it like it, it just it comes out of the gate and it just it packs such a punch. It's, yeah, it like I yeah. felt so amped up listening to it. Um, exactly, it's great. I Which felt like I should be and, running and like lifting weights at the exact same time somehow. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I've, I've used it at, at the gym, you know, especially when I'm sort of yeah. like, you know, a little bit lacking in motivation near the end. I'm like, this is it. This is going to get me those last two minutes. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Awesome. So track seven, I, I feel like I could spend 45 minutes going over oh, this yeah. album. Um, so you put Hall in 1945, but Neutral Milk Hotel, but their album is just like 
it's just a work of art. Um, so I was so excited when, when you put this on here. Uh, and I actually was listening to the full album earlier today because I'm so in love with them. But yeah, tell us about, about track seven. Yeah, well, I think I should first of all say, you know, like by this point, the first half of the mix is over. And ideally, a good mix like this not only finishes the first side well, and it starts the second half strong. And But in the modern age, you also want to make sure the middle songs merge well if you're listening to unlike things like Spotify, you know, right. Apple Music, or an app. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't feel like I did the last bit too well because it goes from like hardcore punk to this real sort of indie sort of like, you know, like strumming a guitar sort of thing. But it's the best segue I could think of. But um, yeah, this is from Neutral Milk Hotels in the Airplane Over the Sea. Obviously, it's an album that's either heaped with praise or, um, you know, beaten for being overrated indie trash. But I adore it. It's it's, it's one of those albums where like there are so many times I think I might just listen to one song from this album. And then I think, look, I've got 40 minutes. I might as well listen to the whole thing. Right, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, it it just hooks you in. First time, yeah, the first time that I was introduced to them, um, it was with a single song and then I went and exploring the rest of the album and and I've just had it on repeat for the last like five or six years of my life. Um, And I do wonder if it's like become... It's almost like a like a mythic album in a way because he only has the one, right? And so it's yes. like, I wonder if that just added to to the, its legend status. Like you said, it's either like revered or it's just completely hated. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if like they if it would have the same punch if it was just one of like fifteen albums, you know, that this group has put out. Um, totally. Well, because I mean, New Jack Hotel, they, they did have an album before this one, um, but it, it wasn't sort of. Um, I mean, it's not quite in the same league. So I think right, that, like, right. so I, a lot of people sort of do view this one as like their most important album. And, mm-hmm. and the fact it's never been followed up as well, I think that makes a lot of people wonder what could have been. Because I, I do know that they, they toured about a, a decade ago. I, I saw them when they played in, in mm-hmm. Melbourne before I moved here. And that was such a powerful performance. Like, just to, like, to hear songs um, where, you know, Jeff Mangum would just sort of be up on stage by himself. And just his, like, that voice of his is so, it, it's so forceful, but at the same time, so delicate. It's, it's sort of, it's yes. like contradictory. But um yeah, Nutrimoke Hotel, it's one of those bands I could you know, I could listen to for ages. But yeah, this song Hole in 1945, like the whole album is sort of based around like, it's based around themes of Anne Frank and and whatnot. But um, the song also makes references to The White Rose and Sophie Scholl. And they're two people I've long been inspired by. So it's one of the reasons I was drawn to this song. And then, you know, from a lyrical point of view, it's so surreal that it, it feels mm-hmm. like it was made by like a stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness writing session. But, you know, it's this pure tribute to someone whose impact will be felt for years to come. And I feel it's, yeah, it's, it's a real great song. This is the best way I could describe it. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. I, lo- I, I really enjoyed that song. Um, track eight, Pachuca Sunrise by Minus the Bear. Yeah. And I had not heard of Minus the Bear. And the fun fact I found was their name came from one of their bandmates describing yeah. a date he had to the rest of the band and saying it was like that 70s show, BJ and the Bear, Minus the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that all all good band names come from the conversations <laughs> like that. Like, 
<laughs> I just love that. Minus the bear. And then they use the Spanish Menos el Oso as the album title for this one. So, so yeah. talk about this track. Yeah, well, I because I remember someone once told me I should listen to Minus the Bear, and it was one of those things. It was one of those times when I think I was like, "Oh, this band name doesn't sound that interesting to me." Like Minus the Bear, like what's the point? There should be a bear, right? <laughs> um, but I, I, I remember listening to them, and I was thinking that the instrumentation they had was so precise and intricate. It was such an immersive listening experience. But um, yeah, the like this song is so beautiful, and the version I usually listen to is from their um, 2008 album Acoustics. But either, either one works because they're both beautiful songs for such different reasons. But um, it's so blissful and peaceful. And again, it's a great representation of the beauty that they were capable of. Because I was, I was able to see these guys um, in their final Australian tour just, I think it was about a year or so before they broke up. And at, when I finished the show, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see them again because they'd finished off with this song. And, I, was, and you know, I went out into the night thinking, that was so beautiful. I want to do that again. And then the next year, I found out they were breaking up and I couldn't make it all the way up to, I think, it was, I think they were in Seattle or something. And I, I couldn't make it to the States that time. So that one, that one memory will have to live with me forever, but it's a pretty good memory to remember them by. That's great. Yeah. I, I, and also I should, we should note that this was the acoustic version of, of their song. Um, yes. So I, I listened to the non-acoustic. They're both fantastic. But oh, they're both great could, songs. Yeah. Yeah. I could kind of, I, I like the acoustic like um, a lot because it just like, it brings out the, the life of the guitar like so much more um, in the song. It's really yeah, good. Totally. Cause I, I'm pretty sure that was the first version of it I heard as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's one of those things where when you, when you hear a song for the first time, you always remember that one version. Like, right. No, because uh, there have been so many people I've heard who have um, spoken about like getting a mix CD, for example, and and like the song has been recorded off the radio, and when and when when you hear the end of it, you start hearing the announcer back announce it. So when you hear the song like, years down the line, <laughs> you always remember it closing with them saying what's coming next or something. Right. <laughs> right, right. And yeah, that's how I always remember this song. I always remember it as the acoustic version to the point where the normal version doesn't sound quite right to me. I totally get that. Yeah, that's great. I I had a bunch of MP3s way back in the day that had like some kind of random like sampling or watermark on them that was part of the song forever. So that's great. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, not that I ever got MP3s illegally. Never. Um, so never. <laughs> track nine, um, you've got Autoclave by the Mountain Goats. Uh, I really like them. They my first thought with them was actually they remind me of the Weaker Thans. Um, yes, but it was a really good song. So well, this one. Funnily enough, um, I uh, for a while I was considering putting a Weaker Than song on here because um, I, oh, I really nice. I really love that um, that song uh, "Plea from a Cat Named Vitute." Yes, um, oh, or so the, that whole like cause I think there were like three songs um, that sort of carry on that theme with that. But um, yeah, I absolutely love the works of John Daniel and the Mountain Goats. And um, when when I did that blog of mine a few few years ago, where I did my um, thousand songs, um, the song "Going to Georgia" was actually the number one song for a number of reasons. Um, but um, yeah, this like his discography sort of varies between lo-fi and studio recordings. So I wanted to pick something that would, you know, would sound good on this mix, and it wouldn't really stand out by being something recorded on a cassette boombox. So, um, so but for me, Autoclave is a song that you know it's so beautiful. It's um, John Daniel has such a beautiful way with words, and Autoclave is such an unassuming song because it has such beautiful lyrics and gorgeous delivery. But it's also quite dark because you know an autoclave is something that sterilizes things by using high pressure and heat and steam. So he's basically saying you know it's his beautiful song, but he's basically saying that I'm incapable of of love. And I, when I was looking this up, I found this um this quote that he'd said before he played it a few years ago, and he said that you know sorry. <clears throat> So the song is about, um, he says, the song is about uh, when people say to you that, you know, that they understand what's going on with you and you want to say to them, look, if you understood what's going on, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here. 
So I can, I can definitely sort of understand where it's coming. I mean, I could, I could have picked thousands of other mountain goat songs, and there are thousands of mountain goat songs, but it's just impossible <laughs> to pick any others, I feel. No, this was a great one. Yeah, the line that stood out to me was, no one in her right mind would make my home her home. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Again, that was so It's such a powerful so well written. line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there are so many great lines that he's, he's come up. I think there was actually a petition a few years ago to make him like the, the official poet laureate of the, the U.S., because, I mean, it didn't actually get anywhere, but, uh, I mean, you know, it would have been, been, been pretty cool for us, you know, real indie kids to sort of be like, yeah, that's my boy JD up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So track 10, uh, and I was so excited this was on the mix because this is my favorite REM song, The Great Beyond, which I think was featured on the Man on the Moon soundtrack when that movie came out um, and then part of their greatest hits as well. But why did this make the mix? Yeah, well, there are so many reasons I picked this. I mean, on one hand, I love REM. There's, they've got so many great songs. And again, it's, it's impossible to pick like a perfect REM song because they're all so different in different eras and everything. Um, but then I, again, I'm also a big fan of Andy Kaufman, who you know, was the focus of Man on the Moon. Um, yeah. But ultimately, this one comes from pure sentiment because it's something that I have such fond memories of hearing, um, hearing the song and singing it with my mother in the years before she sadly passed away. But she always used to sing so terribly, and that's one of the things I always remember about her. She would almost on she would almost on purpose sing songs so badly to the point where I would have to turn it off. But um, when she when she sang this one, she tried really hard for it. She yeah she tried really hard to sing it properly. So these days it's hard to sort of listen back to it without feeling that connection to her when you have lyrics like you know looking for answers from the great beyond. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those ones where again it it's so perfectly sort of. It so perfectly fits into the story of Andy Kaufman. Uh, it sits perfectly in R.E.M.'s discography. And yeah, it's got a personal sentiment to me that I always keep going back to the song. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. And, and I really, I like, you know, going back to my comment earlier about the flow of, of the mixtape, I kind of feel like it's it's a really good transition to these last two yeah. um, to kind of like take the energy down a little bit. Um, so track 11, you've got Space Travel is Boring uh, by Sun Kill Moon. Yeah. So... I always feel it's important for a mixtape to have an unassuming cover because it mm-hmm. promotes further listening as the listener has to then sort of go out and seek out the original. Because whenever I do a mixtape, I'd always say, like, in this case, I'd say, oh, Space Travel is Boring by Sun Kill Moon. Then in brackets, Modest Mouse Cover. So then people are like, wait a minute, this isn't a Sun Kill Moon? <laughs> I have to listen right. to another song? Um, but yeah, so this here is, is Mark Kozalek um, from Red House Painters as Sun Kill Moon covering um, Space Travel is Boring. Because the original version of this song is so frenetic and so typical of mm-hmm. early yeah. Modest Mouse. You know, it has these lyrics of space travel and chasing dreams. Um, and they pair it with this feeling of burgeoning insanity. But Sun Kill Moon, though, did this whole album of Modest Mouse covers called Tiny Cities. And it's this gorgeous collection of songs. And his vocals are just so beautiful. It sort of strips away this frenetic nature and it highlights the pure melancholy and sadness. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the best cover versions I've ever heard. It's, it, yeah, it's one of those songs where every time I listen to it, I can't help but just feel, I, I can't help but feel sad, but at the same time, so almost hopeful because, mm-hmm. you know, just you're going with the lyrics, like you feel the sadness, but at the same time, you're like, hey, space travel, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> That's probably the weirdest way to sort of feel comforted by a song, like, yeah, space travel. But, yeah. But I agree. Yeah, it's so different from the original. And, um, but I, I liked it better. I was like, this is really, I, I think it, again, I think frenetic is the perfect word to describe the original, but I think this plays a lot better. And I'm, I'm totally with you on the mixtape throwing in a cover song yes. that makes people kind of dig a little deeper. I, I did that a couple of times with a couple of the mixes I made for my wife and, and she would be like, wait, this wasn't, this was, wasn't the original. It's like, now you got to go back. You got to yeah. 
got to research. So, you know, well, make them do a little work. I love that. When I, I was doing that. the mixes um, for my wife, um, I did two whole mixes of, of covers of Australian songs, but they were covers by uh, international artists. So that way you listen to these songs, you said like, oh yeah, like I really like this song. And then it's like, wait, it means I've got a, like a whole like two more albums to listen to. You have to listen to the originals now. And I'm like, yeah, you got to deal with that. <laughs> but again, it's the gift that keeps on giving that way. And that's, 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 right. what, I try, that's, that's right. what I try to do with, with any, any sort of collection of music. That's perfect. Uh, okay, last track on, the, on your mix. Uh, this is uh, Pinstripe, the acoustic version by Something for Kate. Yes. Um, really like this one. Uh, really nice finishing song. And especially I love the finishing lyric because I think we all can feel this way is you know exactly what you're doing sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I, as I said, I always love a really good acoustic version. And I think no one does a good acoustic version more than Paul Dempsey, who was the front man for Something for Kate. Something for Kate are a Melbourne band as well. And if you ever get the privilege of seeing either the full band play live or just Paul Dempsey, I recommend it highly. And every time that Every time that Paul plays live, um, there's always requests for two main songs. One is his cover of Truly by the band Hazel, and which is stunning in itself. But the other is Pinstripe. Now, the original was on their debut album Elsewhere for 8 Minutes about 23 years ago, 24 years ago. And originally, it's a very sort of raucous alt-rock number. It's sort of like, at the time, they were sort of very heavily influenced by bands like, like Fugazi and um, like Rites of Spring and bands like that. But as they got on, they became more indie rock and... Um, yeah, so in 99, they recorded an acoustic version for this uh, as the B-side for their song Electricity. And that became one of the biggest songs in their discography. Like, not in terms of popularity, but in terms of fan favoritism, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's so it's so powerful. It's like these lyrics feel so... They feel so contradictory in that they, they feel so specific in the way that they're written. But I think anyone could listen to it and be like, that's, that's written about me, you know? Um, and also as a fun fact, for most fans of Something for Kate, um, April 30th, which is because uh, they mentioned the lyrics you know, the last day of April every year April 30th uh, has become an unofficial holiday which we call Pinstripe Day <laughs> and it's something that um, oh. something that us uh, music nerds like to observe every year and you know listen to, <laughs> listen to the songs but <laughs> that's yeah, great it, 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 I feel it was such a it was such a great way to end the mix as well with such a, a beautiful song because as I said Paul Dempsey can do no wrong and something for Kate is such a great band I feel yeah, I, I'm so happy. Actually, I mean, really with the whole mix, I, I keep gushing over it, but I feel like uh, my, my music library has just expanded like 1,000 fold with, with so many of these bands. <laughs> it was so exciting to like hear a mix and be introduced to a whole bunch of music that I, I really wasn't like super familiar with and then loving all of them. So uh, so thank you so much for, for taking the time to put this mix together. It's, I, it, it's, it's been very awesome so far. Uh, I'm so excited to, to dive into even more of these bands. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it's it, it's been a real honor and a privilege to just have the, have the chance to talk to you guys and uh, you know speak about music in such a you know in such a fun sort of forum, I guess. Great. All right. Well, Tyler, uh, anything to plug? Uh, you want to talk about yeah. where people can find you or talk about Rolling Stone Australia? Yeah, I mean, um, most people can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm, I'm usually most active. Um, which is tyler.jenky um, on Instagram. Um, otherwise, yeah, you, um, check out my work over on um, the Australian edition of uh, Rolling Stone, which if you just Google Rolling Stone Australia, you'll find it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty easy to find. Um, and yeah, I'm, 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 forever, um, I'm forever the one writing the majority of the work on there. So yeah, there's, um, there's always plenty of Tyler content coming out whether, whether people want it or not. 
Awesome. Awesome. And you know what? Maybe down the line, I think we're, we're going to have to have more Tyler content. So we'll have yeah. to bring you back to do another mix sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'd be I more than so happy too. to. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Um, so for the fans out there, you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook at Super Awesome Mix. Of course, download the app, Super Awesome Mix. We're going to include Tyler's mix in the uh, show notes so you can find that mix. And I highly recommend it. Like Samer said, it's, it's one of our favorite mixes so far. So um, definitely worth your time to check out and listen to. And Samer, we have a store now. We do, yes. Um, we have a store featuring the phrase, I made you a mixtape, which is just so fun. I actually got my, my coffee mug today, literally before <laughs> before recording. Uh, my, my I made you a mixtape coffee mug came in and I washed it and I can't wait to use it. Um, they're really cool. So yeah, like they feature this fun phrase. You've got mugs, you've got bags, you've got t-shirts uh, with more stuff to come. Help support the podcast, help support uh, you know the show. And so we keep getting some more awesome mixtapes being made for you guys and keep discovering new music along the way. Awesome. So you'll find that at superawesomemix.com and uh, check out the store on our website. And so that's it for this week. So uh, I'm Matt. And so for Tyler Jenke and Samer, we will see you next week with a new, another Super Awesome Mix. Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCo.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCo.com.